Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Check out our merch store, onthefinside.threadless.com. It is week one of the NFL season. The Miami Dolphins play the Baltimore Ravens at noon central time this weekend at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. We are joined by Alex Bente, who's going to give us some insight on the Baltimore Ravens. He is a veteran sports TV producer and contributor to USA, the USA Today's Ravens Wire. You can follow him on Twitter at the Alex Bente, T-H-E-A-L-E-X-B-E-N-T-E. Alex, thanks for joining us here. Thanks for having me. So before we even get into the matchup here, one question on, on my mind as I was prepping for this, obviously you've heard about the Laramie Tunzel trade and the Laramie Tunzel news. The Dolphins get two first-round picks and a second-round pick, two other smaller players in exchange for Tunzel, Stills, and a fourth and a sixth-round pick. It's interesting with the Ravens because we go back to the 2016 draft the Ravens are on the clock, and it looks like Tunzel is an easy choice there at number six for them. The gas mask video comes out just half an hour before that. The, the Ravens end up taking Ronnie Stanley. And there was a big question afterward, would they have taken Tunzel or would they have taken Stanley? Um, but the bigger question on that is, let's say that the Ravens are in that position because Stanley and Tunzel are pretty – close in terms of the caliber of left tackle they are if the Ravens were offered two first round picks and a second round pick for Ronnie Stanley is that a trade that you would want them to make you know I thought about this question uh a lot and and after I actually was uh we were asked to kind of debate it at, at USA Today um whether or not we would do it and and it was a tough call for me but I would lean towards doing it because it is a great haul. And, you know, as, as, as the Ravens and, and some of the top teams do, they covet the draft picks. And uh, Ronnie Stanley, you know, he's arguably one of the best uh, tackles in the league. Um, you know, clearly earned that uh, his due after being the first round draft pick. Um, there is some depth for the Ravens. Uh, I think enough to probably trust uh, getting that kind of haul for him um you know it's it's a tough call i it would be something i could see eric DaCosta doing um just for following in ozzy newsom's footsteps of you know building your team off of draft picks and and really that's kind of where the core is so to to net um you know essentially uh two first rounders uh and and potentially even a second rounder additionally i I think that you make that trade uh, and, and and I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Ravens did the same thing, given the choice. Yeah, I think you're really talking the same language as a lot of Dolphins fans out there. We love Laramie Tunzel, important piece of the puzzle, but it is quite a haul as well. 
So let's take a look at the matchup here with the Baltimore Ravens and the Miami Dolphins. The Ravens were 10-6 and six last year. They got bounced in the first round of the playoffs, but still a successful season overall, especially when Lamar Jackson gets in there. He, has, he really takes the Ravens from Joe Flacco and, and turns them around, gets them into the playoffs. They were, they were ninth in total offense, second in rushing, 22nd in passing last year. Lamar Jackson is now heading into his second year, and he's just an interesting guy. I mean, this is one of the most mobile quarterbacks, just such a dangerous weapon with his feet. Obviously, he needs to take another step up throwing the football, and that's really going to be the challenge for him this year. Yeah, no question, no question. Um all eyes, really not just on the Ravens and for Ravens fans, but from the league, all eyes are on Lamar Jackson. Is he going to step up? Is he going to transition to a more traditional pocket passer or someone who at least a more accurate passer, um, to say the least? Uh, and, and I think based on the strides we've seen in, in training camp, even in preseason, I think he's getting there. Will he be, you know, that perfect combination of, of speed on his feet and, 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 you know, danger in the air that every Ravens fan's hoping for. Uh, I don't know if he'll get there all the way this season. I think he'll make strides barring any kind of injury. I think he'll, uh, he'll do great things. Um, he, uh, it, it, it's there. The Ravens are surrounding him with a lot of talent and speed and stuff, stuff that they, uh, and players they drafted, they never really did for Joe Flacco. You know, they kind of always trusted Joe Flacco would make the best out of whatever situation they gave him. I think Joe Flacco did a good job. But they were really putting their eggs in the Lamar Jackson basket by drafting, um, you know, guys like Miles Boykin, guys like Mar uh, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, if you will. Um, you know, guys like uh, uh, Justice Hill. These guys speedsters that can that can basically anyone, whoever has the ball is a danger to make a big explosive play. I think the Ravens uh, are, are betting all in on, on Lamar Jackson to use all these skills, not just rely on themselves, but use these additional players to shake up the league and, right. and, and, and change, change what everyone's doing. Now, Lick, taking a look at what you said there with the wide receivers, they draft Marquise Brown in the first round. They draft Miles Boykin in the third round, very similar to what they did at tight end the year before when they drafted Hayden Hurst in the first round and Mark Andrews in the third round. Right. So he does have a, a deep – it's really deep at running back, wide receiver, and tight end. So what is – how is the pecking order looking for the Ravens at wide receiver right now? Well, looking at the depth chart, it looks like we've got uh, Willie Sneed and Seth Roberts on the outside um, to start. And after that, you know, you've got Chris Moore, you've got Jaleel Scott, um, and, you know, Marquise Brown and Miles Borkin are kind of sitting there third on each side. Um, and I think we're going to kind of see how things shape up. I think uh, obviously the running game is going to be the number one priority here. So you're going to see Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, and the occasional dose of Justice Hill, these guys feeding the ball heavily, um, you know, with Jackson, you know, with the run pass option in play, him running it, hopefully not as much uh, as last year. I think he's really going to kind of, you know, only take to use his legs when needed to get out of situations. I don't think he's – there might be some design runs, but I really think they're going to feed the running backs heavily. I, I kind of think we're going to see how the uh, the wide receivers shape up over the course of the first couple of games to see who kind of stands out until guys like uh, Miles Boykin and, and Marquise Brown are kind of ready to – 
really really showcase their their skills and and their danger and you know and you'll see Mike, you'll see Miles Boykin in the red zone uh, you'll see Marcus Brown a lot of yards after the catch I'm expecting but I don't think you're going to see those you know early on in the season yeah and so the running back spot they signed Mark Ingram in the off season I mean this is the first time that in nine years he has not been a New Orleans Saint so you've got Ingram there. Also, Gus Edwards, I mean, what a story last year, you know, an undrafted yeah. free agent out of Rutgers. And in the final seven regular season games, he has 654 rushing yards in those in, in those seven games. So quite a one-two tandem there. How do you see the carries, at least at first, being split up? Do you think it's about 15 Ingram, eight Gus Edwards, and maybe a couple of more sprinkled in for Justice Hill and the rest of the group? I'd say that sounds right. I would probably maybe even leave it lead it a little more uh, more even because I think if the Ravens are playing to run the ball as heavily as they're alluding and they're suggesting, I really think they're going to need to save their running backs. And I think you'll see them divide up as much, as evenly as possible, at least early on. They, they might ride the high, hot hands here and there depending on who's doing better. But based on, you know, the, the plan of, uh, of Greg Roman and, and, and running first, I really think that it's going to be more evenly split than, than we're all expecting. But, yeah, I think Mark Ingram will get the majority or the lion's share. Um, it, I think that's why they brought him in. They want to see him kind of be that power back. Um, but, you know, uh, it's it's going to be a lot of running. There's going to be Everyone's going to be involved, no question. Let's take a look at the offensive line. We talked about Ronnie Stanley, that cornerstone left tackle, and Marshall Yonda at right guard, a possible future Hall of Famer back for another season. I think this is his 13th year in the league. The rest of the line, it always seems to be just a bunch of guys. I mean, I know Orlando Brown was a was a find as a third-round pick last year. How is yep. the rest of the offensive line looking for this year? Well, Orlando Brown is right now, based on the depth chart, which was released uh, moments ago, uh, based on my uh, sources, uh, Orlando Brown Jr. will be starting at right tackle. Um, you've got Matt Skirt center. It looks like they're going to actually go with Bradley Bozeman at left guard. I pretty much saw this one coming. I didn't think they were going to slide in James Hurst because I think they want him behind Ronnie Stanley. Again, who knows, maybe even with that uh, tonsil trade, they're thinking, hey, let's have him ready to go just in case something comes up. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the Ravens have kind of been a plug-and-play offensive line for – at least the past couple of years with, with, with guys, you know, especially with injuries. So I think we're kind of just, you know, the next, uh, the next uh, course of action here, just seeing who plays the best, putting it together and hopefully letting it last as long as it can. But the, no, no question. Someone's probably gonna get hurt. Someone's gonna have to sit out. There might be some reshuffling uh, as the season progresses, but right now, you know, we'll, we'll see how these guys stand up. But I think, uh, you know, hopefully, I think the the left guard was the big question. But if Bradley Bozeman plays plays any way or anything like he played last year in the one start he had, plus the couple times he filled in, I think uh, he'll do a good job. We're joined by Alex Bente, veteran sports TV producer and contributor to USA Today's Ravens Wire. Follow him at the Alex Bente on Twitter. Alex, let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, this has been the Ravens' calling card, not just last year, but for, gosh, the last 20 years. I mean, they were first in the league in total defense last year, fifth against the run, fifth against the pass. 
This year, a little bit of a different group because along the front seven, it just feels like that Ravens group that retools every couple of years. They they don't panic too much. They trust their draft picks, but they did lose quite a bit here in the offseason. They lose Terrell Suggs and Zadarius Smith at the outside linebacker positions. So really a lot to prove among the younger Ravens in in the pass rush. They also lost C.J. Mosley at the inside linebacker position, should be replaced, I believe, with Kenny Young. So looking at that front seven that was has been such a strength – of the Ravens for the last couple of years. How do you see that shaping up? Is there a little bit of concern there now, or is it just kind of business as usual, next man up? Well, there's two trains of thoughts here. Uh, Obviously, I think the league looks at this as there's a big question mark on defense. Is this going to be a typical, you know, top 10 Ravens defense year year after year situation, or is there just too much a loss on that side of the ball that the Ravens won't be able to recover. I'm definitely in the camp of, I think it's, you know, if anyone's going to handle the turnover at defense and, and be able to consistently come back and, and still be a top 10, maybe even top five defense, it's going to be the Ravens. I mean, look at the coaching. They've got one of the best defensive coordinators in Wink Martindale. He's going to find a way to use his players to the best of his ability. And where they, where they gain strength on the defensive side of the ball is where everyone's going, the passing attack. They have arguably one of the best secondaries in the league now with the upgrade from uh, the upgrade of Earl Thomas from um, what's his face who went to San Diego. Uh, I'm totally drawing a blank. Eric Weddle. Oh, Eric Weddle. Thank you, Eric Weddle. Um, yeah, that's a total upgrade. No question. So you put him with Tony Jefferson, you've got arguably the best safety tandem in the league, um, uh, along with two, maybe three of the best, uh, the best uh, cornerback uh, trilogy there. Ronald Humphrey, Jimmy Smith. Um, the the question now with Tavon Young's sideline for most likely the entire season is that nickel corner or that uh, you know that slot corner. Uh, right now it sounds like they're going to kind of go with um, with Cyrus Jones. Sounds like they brought in Brendan Trawick to come back and and fill in that spot. That could be the spot of weakness. But you know I really think with that secondary they're going to attack or be able to defend the passing attack that you see across the league. I don't think it's going to be a drop-off the way everyone's picturing. I think there's enough guys on the team that have stepped up. I know they're really high on Patrick and Wasser. He is, you know, filled in admirably for what no one saw coming as the loss of uh, of um, C.J. Mosley. Kenny Young's come up. But I've just noticed, interestingly, on the depth chart, Chris Board is slated to start ahead of Kenny Young, which is interesting. We'll see how that shakes up. Mm. I, that might go back uh, and forth in the first couple weeks. Uh, I know they're really high on Kenny Young. But apparently they're high on Chris Board, too, and it looks like he's earned himself a starting role. Fascinating. So let's stay with the secondary there, too. Let's piggyback on that a little bit. Yeah, what a huge upgrade as far as just the range of the free safety position. I mean, that's what Earl Thomas is known for, you know, even though this is his 10th year in the league. No question. But Eric Weddle, what's that? I said no question. I was agreeing with you. <laughs> oh, got you, got you. Yeah, the so yeah, you've got uh, you've got Earl Thomas back there. Eric Weddle is a, has, has had a fantastic career. Now he's with the Rams. There is also you know, but more of a strong safety type. Weddle always was. So definitely a lot more mm-hmm. range. How about at the cornerback spot there? Marlon Humphrey is a player that obviously former you know first round pick, uh, and 
this is a player that, according to a lot of Ravens fans, we could be talking about as a top five cornerback here by the end of the year. Easily. I think he's the number one cornerback uh, on the Ravens. And I, and, and I, don't, I don't know if it's that close anymore. I, I would say him and Jimmy Smith probably last year were one were uh, debatably one and two. I think Jimmy Smith has fallen off a little bit. I think age is starting to show. Um, but no, I think Marlon Humphrey is, is, is a next level corner. And yeah, I think everyone, you know, there might be a Marlon Island kind of conversation coming up this year when we see he's consistently put up against the top receivers in the league and has virtually shut them all down. Uh, I, I don't see there being any kind of different, uh, any change this year, really. Yeah. What a talent there at that cornerback spot with Marlon Humphrey. And they've got a lot of good depth too. I mean, I know Tavon Young going down was a was a big hit. Those those slot cornerbacks can be pretty tough to find. And the Dolphins, for as little as they have on the roster talent wise, they do have slot receivers. Believe it or not, so that that could be a matchup that would be interesting to watch here going forward. So obviously, Alex, you know the Dolphins are maybe not even in a rebuilding mode, but maybe even a year away from rebuilding at this point. Right. So right, I, right, right. I almost have to chuckle. When I when I when I ask anyone on this segment this question this year, what do you think the Ravens need to do to win this game? Uh, you know, I think it's going to come down to making a couple big plays, but I don't think you need to tip your entire hand here. You know, uh, everyone's talking about the Ravens' revamped op- offense; it's going to change the league. Yada yada yada. I don't think we really need to see that this game. I think the the key to victory here is controlling the time time of possession, uh, running the ball. You know, making smart plays, no stupid turnovers like we saw last year out of uh, Lamar Jackson. And I really think that, you know, those would be enough uh, quality plays, you know, even maybe relying a little bit more on, on Justin Tucker's leg than they need to or that they hope to. They want more touchdowns than, than, than field goals this year, no question. But I think that's, you know, it's, it's not going to take much. I think just dominating uh, the line of scrimmage on both sides and really controlling the, the pace of the game, tempo of the game, maybe throwing some tricks here and there just to kind of keep the Dolphins on their toes. Um, you know, but based on what you're saying and based on what I'm hearing, it doesn't sound like the, the Dolphins are, you know, are, are, are coming to the table with a lot. That being said, anything can happen in the NFL week to week. You know, it, it still is anyone's game until, un, until the clock, the clock strikes midnight as it were. <laughs> yeah, it, you bet. I mean, and, and you never know what's going to happen in week one of the NFL too, because exactly. it's, you know, we we know how teams look on paper, but until we actually get on the field, you just never know. So, yeah. Right. What, so, given what you said there, Alex, what is your prediction for this game, Ravens versus Dolphins? Well, I, I expect the the tape the Dolphins are going to watch. They're going to try and 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 mimic or mirror that game that uh, that playoff game that the Chargers uh, did, where they were able to limit uh, Lamar Jackson for essentially three quarters. Uh, you know, but that could be their Achilles heel if they start stacking the box, bringing guys forward, and all of a sudden Jackson starts throwing stuff over deep, over top to these tight ends, to Mark Andrews, and these guys bust loose for an 80-yard touchdown. I think that's going to rattle, uh, rattle and shake the uh, the Dolphins coaching staff, or yeah, Dolphins coaching staff, something fierce <laughs> when when that happens. Uh, I don't see it being a close game, maybe for the first couple of quarters, but I could see the Ravens kind of wearing them down. Uh, final prediction, if I had to go score, I'd probably go 20 to 10 Ravens. 
I think that defense is going to yeah. step up. And sorry, yeah, one more, one, let me finish that real thought real quick. I think the defense is going to be a little bit better than everyone's project, uh, predicting, and I think it's going to shut down uh, the lack of talent that's, that's on the uh, Dolphins right now. Well, last time you were on the show and you gave a prediction, I think you, you had the Ravens winning by seven and they won by 40. So <laughs> maybe yeah. you're being a little bit too nice again this time. Uh, but, hey, we, we, well, we appreciate it, though. <laughs> well, the line, you're is, welcome. the line is six and a half right now. But uh, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I could see them. I, I would take the over on that. But, again, it is the first game of the season. I don't expect them to pull out all the stops. I don't expect it to be a blowout 40-point game. Um, you know, I, I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, testing the waters, seeing how their young players on their defense perform in a full game situation. I know they're relying on a lot of young talent this year. Uh, I think this is going to be as much of a trial and error kind of game as you can get, because I do think there is a little more not relaxation, but, you know, leeway to, to experiment this game and, and, and kind of see who you've got in the actual game situation that they didn't really see uh, during the preseason. And Alex, you've got your finger on the pulse with Ravens fans, with the work you do there for USA Today and a lot of other areas, too, with football. Any questions that are really on, on the forefront of Ravens fans' minds, maybe for, for Dolphins fans? Um, I honestly think it's the same ones you're asking. I do think there's a it's, it's a it's a mixed bag in terms of what people think about Lamar Jackson. I do think a lot of people are excited about him. I think he could be something of the future, especially when you see guys like um, um, the Kansas City Chiefs, you see you see uh, the Arizona Cardinals playing with these quarterbacks that can do more, that almost, they almost make plays just to make plays. They're not, it's less of a design thing, more like, okay, we've got a plan of action, but I could, you know, do a Patrick Mahomes no-look uh, throw for like 10 yards. You know, I could do scramble with my legs. Lamar Jackson could, you know, go for his first, second, third read. They're all taken out, take off with his legs and gain a quick 10, 15, maybe even more. I think this may be the shift. If there is going to be a shift in the, the mentality of the NFL, this could be it. These three guys could, could suddenly rework the way people are thinking and say, hey, let's make it always be 11-on-11 football. It's not longer going to be 10-11 quarterback kind of just throws, throws, throws the ball. That's it. I think you're going to start seeing more of these all-encompassing playmakers. And, and, and with Lamar Jackson, I think he could be on that trend. But, you know, I, there are concerns about whether or not he actually takes a step this year and, and shows he can be an accurate passer. As for the defense, um, you know, there's a lot of young talent there. There is that question mark. Is this just another rendition of the mantra that the Ravens had, that next man up mentality where guys can come out of nowhere and still play the lights out Ravens defense that we've come to know for the past 26 years? I think, I, I, I think that's the, the defense isn't going to be an issue. I think it's really going to be whether those pieces on the offense come together, whether they start making themselves dynamic, explosive, you know, these big plays that people aren't accounting for and, and they start, you know, really surprising people and it becomes harder and harder for opposing defenses to figure out what play is coming and how they're going to be hit with it. Certainly. And that combination of Lamar Jackson on the ground with the rest of the running backs, I mean, heck, the Ravens were second in rushing last year and they were first in defense. That's a pretty good start right there. And exactly. if that continues, it can get to the point where, you don't have to be great throwing the football. There are a lot of different ways to win. 
Lamar right. Jackson just has to be good enough. I mean, the projection of Lamar Jackson between, you know, 3,000 and 35 yard, 3,500 yards passing and between eight and 800 and 1,000 yards rushing, which is very possible with his skill very. set. That that could that could really get them a long way here uh, as as they continue to go forward. So Alex, yeah. thank you very much uh, for joining us here on this segment and breaking down the Miami Dolphins Baltimore Ravens matchup. Alex is a contributor with the USA Today. He's also a TV producer. Be sure to follow him at the Alex Bente on Twitter for Ravens news as well as a lot of great insights with the NFL. Alex, thanks thanks again for joining us here tonight. Thank you, guys, and good luck on Sunday. And that will do it for our breakdown. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. And if it's not on the left side and it's not on the right side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.